about like, well, I'm a generator and it da da da, you know, like uh, th- they don't love the human design. And I'm like, listen, the human design <laughs> is to throw a bone to the projectors. They needed this validation. They needed uh, this. Uh, I don't want to argue with generators about it. I really don't give a shit. It didn't do much for me, but, um, the projectors that you can get stuff from that site for 20% off. If you're a projector, like the whole thing is to tell projectors like you're okay. Okay. I need the link for <laughs> this. We'll talk about it a lot. Yeah. For seven years. We'll talk about it a it's hard, man. I can only do like three hours of work or supposedly. I feel like if I cut back on work, I would live a better life. But I don't know. Yeah, because I was like, because generators keep saying, hey, I don't work a regular job. I've never done like. Um, Mark. Oh, no. I don't know. Did, Did I just. Ma- I don't know. No, I think right. I messed it up. Okay. I just didn't want to let it go. Is it normal? Is it okay? I think it's uh, just because that mic's real heavy. Okay. Tiara, am I pronouncing your right your name right, or is it Tiara? What'd you say? What are I you? I usually say Tiara because yeah. that's how I say Tiara. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Tiara is what people say when they don't know me. What is it? Tiara is what people say when they don't know me. Like okay. that's how I know somebody doesn't necessarily okay. know me very well. Tiara, Tiara, darling. Yeah, you can talk like that. You don't need to get right up close to it. Okay. You should be able to just point your voice wherever. Keep talking cool. a little bit though. Okay, talking. Oh my gosh. I had a, like an identity crisis when it came to, well, my identity, but my name. Like I didn't understand why I was named Tiara. And um, I found out in different cultures that Tiara literally means land or earth. Ooh. Oh, really? Yeah. I assumed it meant crown. Yeah, in this culture. It does. Yeah. So, oh. Yeah. So that's interesting. So I feel trapped in headphones. I know how you feel. I feel similar. I love them. Check, check, check. I sound uh, echoey. Hello. You're being picked up in everybody else's. Oh, so. I sound. <laughs> AKA. <laughs> but it, it, we can get rid of most of that. Um, Mark, you're amazing. Amy, can you talk a little bit? Yep. I will tell you that um, on the way out of here. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm a bounty hunter and so brave. And then there's a fucking frog outside the garage. <laughs> I screamed like a little girl. <laughs> I literally lost my shit. Okay, Lacey, you talk real quick. I want to go to the moon and eat a balloon. At sea. Sorry, I have no words. I literally just popped my toes and it picked up on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. ASMR. Um, Sorry about When that. I was sitting in the river today, something was sucking on my toe for a while. But Nate was doing the video. And then at some point I had to go, <gasps> and then I made it part of the poem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're good. Y'all are rolling. Check, check, check. Is your guys' volume good? Can you hear yourselves fine? I can hear myself pretty good. Yep. Uh, I can hear myself great. <laughs> <laughs> Are you comfortable there? Do you want to share anything? Nope. This is perfect. Okay. Awesome. Get the fuck. Fucking mosquito. I am like scratching my mosquito bites. Get out of here. Booker, I don't want to kill you. Go. 
Hello, welcome to Soberish. The 4th of July is for Overthrowing the Government podcast. You guys are not going to believe what's about to happen. Here tonight on the podcast, we have Lacey, Amy Spicer, and Tierra on one fucking episode. Let me tell you what happens when you get um, four magic women in the same room. Like, there's a lot of conversations about like slaying demons <laughs> and um, and being a galactic bounty hunter. <laughs> But then uh, a whole lot of going like, oh, oh, hey, sorry. Uh, do you mind? Do you mind? Pass me. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to, like I didn't mean to make you stand up. Is it gonna, can you give me like the? Oh, sorry. Hey. Uh, uh. Yeah. All right. You guys want to call this right on out? <laughs> sorry. All right. I'll get the... Fair. That was a fair assessment. Uh, they've all been on the podcast before. They're not used to me surrendering the microphone within the first 15 minutes. But this is going to be different. Um. It sounds so echoey. It's weird. I wanted to do an episode about, I always try to articulate the different kind of magic everyone does. And I do a terrible job at it. I think what I currently have is like, oh, okay, so if you want like body stuff, Lacey, uh, <laughs> Amy will like get, I don't know, like things out of your chakras, but like, uh <laughs> robots or whatever entities and then tiara we can talk to your ancestors it's not great so um it's cool though when we get together and we are um kind of exchanging notes on the way that we experience our magic and our magic powers because there's so many different ways to tap into this stuff and to communicate with the higher realms or like, I'm really interested in the difference between people who mostly tap into like galactic stuff, which I think would be um, Amy and I, but I don't, do you have any like connection to like earth stuff at all? Cause that's fascinating no. to me. I have no connection nope. to earth stuff. Nope. And then the two of you, do you feel more connected to earth yeah. energies? Yeah. I feel connected to earth energy, but I feel like earth energy is the root and then the galactic is part of it. So sometimes I feel like a galactic midwife and I help get at the root of someone's body to help them birth their own galactic being. Interesting. When I got the 60 downloads um, and they showed me like, because I don't identify, Earth feels like a place that I came to work. Mm -hmm. Like it's a location I got sent to. I'm not from here. I don't identify with it much at all. I, I most of the time feel like I am, um, I'm visiting a town. I don't, I don't have the map to, yep. you know, and I feel very foreign from this plane, but that the, like the process of ascension is something that I like switching paradigms is something I feel very comfortable in. So I feel like I'm working, a, I'm working the ascension and, um, 
I uh, was like a catering manager at one point, and they would send it like we would work at different locations. And that's kind of what it feels like to me. And that like um, when I encounter certain other um, like you guys, you feel familiar to me. Like the first time we talk, I'm like, okay, I remember you or like, you know what I mean? It's like home team or whatever. Like this is the crew that I'm working with. But when they showed me the 60 downloads where the, the phase that we're in right now, where these gods come up out of the earth, uh, and, and start to move things around, you know, kind of like wake up or whatever. Uh, those gods feel like the, the earth is their plane, you know, and I don't feel, uh, like in that I feel like the, what I got from that download is, um, okay. And then these gods are going to wake up, just back up and let them do their thing. You know? Yeah. I use the earth as an Oracle. So I feel like I am a witch, which is very in the 3d, like very connected to the earth, but I'm also part galactic, galactic being the RH negative blood type. And I use the different plants that grow on the earth as like spirit guides and messengers to help people travel dimensions and help birth and wake up the god they are. So in like one hand, it is really connected to the earth and the other hand, it's connected to the galactic. I'm connected to uh, the earth only. I truly feel like I have been uh, sent here. Um I've never felt like I've ever belonged. Um, and I'm, I'm literally here to keep the humans safe. That's, I'm just here to keep the humans safe so everyone can wake up and remember that they're, uh, they're God. I just am, yeah, I'm just the bounty hunter. <laughs> just. <laughs> She's the galactic bounty hunter who, uh, is afraid of frogs. <laughs> I am, I, it was a really vocal frog. It was. <laughs> It was. It was very loud. Um, if I had to explain what what I do in my relation to the earth, I feel like I am definitely of the earth. I feel like I am the dirt. I am the wind. I am like I thrive with the sun on my skin, with fresh air. I feel like I am just part of it. And I understand it in ways of like understanding a relative. Like, it's just a part of me. I feel like an extension of the earth. Um, so I, I really, I, it sounds gross, but I really coexist with it. I, I was just telling Amy, I talk to plants. Like, I really talk to plants. And um, I see, like, everything that has an energetic field on the same level. I don't really see much of a difference. And as far as my magic goes I would say um I feel like I've been incarnated on earth a lot so I get the ins and outs of it and I understand what um kind of like what you were saying with using the earth as an oracle I understand what certain things mean and how to tap into certain energies and how to use that energy to benefit you like uh the other day when we were sitting and uh, the smoke kept following us. It's like, okay, well, I know that the smoke follows you and they have a message for you. But also I have dominion over this plane. Like I am not 
I don't have to let the smoke do that. So I acknowledge it, ask it to move, and we move on. So it's really coexisting and not feeling like uh, Mother Nature has a foot up on me and I don't have a foot up on it. We work together. Um, And as far as the ancestral stuff, I think it's my ancestors felt the same way. They feel um, of the earth, and when they die, they go back to it. So it's all one. It doesn't feel like I'm talking to something separate when I'm talking to the earth or ancestors or anything like that. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That You're so like, beautiful. that sounds gross. And I was like, I just want to hug her right now. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. The interesting thing that has shifted for me, um, and part of this can just be the ascension, but it really is the, arri- the arrival of the God, like the, I don't know how to word it, the gods of earth. Right. Um, I used to have this um, earth kind of attitude, you know, and I know that part of that comes from being like spending your entire life somewhere where you feel um, like you were dropped off here. And then I didn't fit in. Right. I didn't fit into the old paradigm. And I do feel like old paradigm. But watching and getting to meet so many like powerful gods who who are connected to the earth who are like from to getting to see like earth's actual god power has shifted my perception of the earth and uh nature and everything else like i can see it now for the first time and like when i hear you talk like that like it, it would have just like gone over my head um, I wasn't like anti the environment, but I couldn't feel the way that people, f- I would hear people talk about the earth and stuff. Like I couldn't feel any of that stuff. And I just like in the process of the last, I don't know, like probably like seven or eight months, really since those downloads and I started to see like, oh shit this God energy, like earth has her own gods, you know? Mm. And that, that, up that uprising is so, I'm like in awe of that. And I'm like, t- I'm like, I feel like I'm like stepping back and be like, Oh shit. Well, let me see what you got. And then like kind of getting to like fall in love with this energy mm. that I really just couldn't, I couldn't understand. And I think I equated earth with the old paradigm with the unconscious masculine paradigm and watching those two things separate and then getting to see and then really like wrapping and part of this is Mark, you know, getting to see like uh, when we don't use the earth as a bunch of resources to steal from mm-hmm. and we work with it, this like beautiful and this we've talked about this as well, this beautiful uh, dance that we can do with nature. Yeah. It's definitely the the divine feminine, but I also don't necessarily uh, resonate with me coming from the earth. And I see the earth sort of like as a hologram. And I think the earth represents a lot of what's going on inside of us. So the earth represents our collective energy in a lot of ways and what's going on in our bodies will start showing up in the earth around us. So sometimes when I'm doing readings outside, um, I can tell if a certain galactic, if I'm talking to a certain galactic being because the cat will come up because the cat isn't drawn to me normally. But if I'm talking to like a Syrian, <laughs> then a cat will start like rubbing on me 
Or if I'm talking to someone who has superpowers that are connected to the weather, a crazy storm will happen. And it just like we I can telepathically talk to other bodies. I think a lot of us can and we're waking mm-hmm. up to that power right now. And as soon as we start telepathically talking to each other's bodies, the hologram of the earth starts responding with us. And it's like this beautiful synchronized collective dance. I think that we are actually I love I love that. My view is that it is in reverse, that we are actually extensions of the earth. I I explain it um, as we are nerve cells on the earth. Like the earth, we are tethered. We have a hub handshake, literally. We're nerve cells on the earth. So if I was to blindfold you and put a needle in your arm, you would, without looking, know exactly where that is based upon your nerve that it hit. Um, I feel like whatever is happening to the earth then is expressed in humans. So for example, there, the, um, the wildfires in Australia happened. And shortly after so many people were getting, um, rashes, tons of rashes, everyone was talking like rashes. Um, I feel like whatever happens to the earth first, we can uh, see it manifest in the human form next. I also think I keep, I uh, preach that people have to claim their sovereignty. Um, when the earth claims her sovereignty, we are in trouble because humans are never going to kill the earth. The earth yeah. will be here way longer than yeah. humans. When, when the earth reclaims her sovereignty, we are, um, we are in trouble. She really just has to go like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a little shiver. You guys are done for. Yeah, I just think we're the same. I think we are it. And I think when she reclaims her sovereignty, it is time for us to reclaim our sovereignty. When she, when Corona comes, it is the divine feminine splitting the earth and waking us up to our own personal sovereignty, our own personal God within us. And then we have the choice. Do we, do we die in it? And I don't mean necessarily 3D die, but whatever that means, or do we wake up to our sovereignty? Definitely woke us up to the divine feminine. Yeah, and what I'm telling a lot of my readings right now is that now is the time to die. Now is the time to shed the skin that no longer serves you. Think. I think every person right now should get rid of parts of them and let parts of them die as Mother Earth is taking her sovereignty. Yeah. And then when we are conscious of those parts that are dying, it's so beautiful. It's so freeing. And then we can be more awake of the part we want to birth. Absolutely. And then you'll have an easier congruence with the yeah. rhythm. One thing I thought would be cool about doing this episode, because we come at kind of the same thing from different angles, is uh, I think this is an episode of Alien School I didn't put out. But the way I see the the collective consciousness experiencing reality is like a disco ball with all these different mirrors pointed in different directions. And they are part of one thing, but they are seeing things from different perspectives. They are having completely two different experiences. A, a, a chip of that mirror ball at the top pointing to the ceiling is having a completely different experience as the one pointed at the floor. And those are two valid perspectives. Yep. They are absolutely true perspectives, um, but they are having two completely different perspectives as part of one whole. And I think that one thing that was interesting for me to learn when I first woke up is I just equated all of it together. So I equated 
ascension, which not every spiritualist believes in ascension, with um, with uh, witchcraft and astrology and all of these different things. It took a while for me to realize after like offending people, a lot of witches, man, I like, yeah. man, witches are really serious about those rules. And I'm just like, I don't know. Aliens <laughs> taught me this in my dream. Yeah, no, there's so much gatekeeping with witchery. And I'm, I've never been Wiccan. When I say I'm a witch, it means I use earth magic and I am connected to the divine feminine and I am connected to my body that is rooted in the earth. Not, I see Wiccan and as a religion and I'm just I can't I'm just not religious but yeah Amy what you were saying earlier about there's certain people who like die and then go to the void mm-hmm. and then just come back to earth mm-hmm. my idea of witches is that they just cycle back to earth constantly and they're here as kind of protectors and warriors of the earth and Ones that aren't mixed with galactic, so ones who don't really believe in the ascension. Mm-hmm. And they're just so here and they're so like fucking hell bent on, on this earth. Stuff. Yeah. 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 I like that we just dived into full balls out woo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to define galactic for people, uh, um, I devi- define galactic as higher dimensional beings experiencing the third dimension like like as higher dimensional beings kind of um as the identity of your higher dimensional self would you agree with that say it one more time i do how would you define galactic yeah okay um (laughs) how i define galactic are um any any consciousness any collective that exists in a solar system like the humans are in the you know what is this called the milky way yeah um the galactic so i believe i see consciousnesses from other collectives that are of non-human realm that visit through the fourth dimension so i consider galactic any entity that is exists in any realm not just the ascension of the human consciousness through our dimensional portals do dwarfs count like (laughs) she's talking about me bitches okay i really wish i was an elf instead they're way hotter unfortunately i'm a galactic dwarf okay i think also, um, on different dimensions, we represent different as different yeah. beings. So, like three D witch, some D dwarf, <laughs> um, and then um, my other galactic heritage is a little bit of a secret. <laughs> it's kind of cool though, kind of scary. <laughs> and yep, I want to know. I I want to ask Tiara. Can I ask you a question? Um. Talk okay, so I went to this to this healer um to do like ancestral work mm-hmm. um like years ago, just because of a lot of my own like physical trauma and feeling so i don't like I don't feel connected to my family. I felt like I was such an alien with them, 
So it was like, oh, she's going to like help me connect to my ancestors. It's going to be beautiful. They're going to be gorgeous Celtic witches. Mm -hmm. And I went and she was like, uh, you don't have any ancestors. What? Like, not that I don't. She's like, you don't. Like, they just are not showing up for you. And it felt so real. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it, like, it made me feel really sad. Yeah. You bought, immediately bought into it. But I, I still kind of do. Like, because it's never uh, resonated with me that I have, like, um, I believe I have guides. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I use herbs as guides. Um, and I have like, sorry, my nipples kind of coming out. And I was, <laughs> Just featured that in an Instagram story. <laughs> That's fantastic. My nipples are part of my guides. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I feel like my guides show up in other human bodies as teachers. Um, but this is also such a white girl thing to be like, I don't have ancestors. I do believe I uh, carry ancestral trauma and that I need to like heal what white people in my lineage have done but like on a galactic level like on a spiritual level she's like dog you ain't got no ancestors what do you think i think that what she meant was they can't well i don't know yeah i don't know your perspective but just my perspective of that i would think that um you are actually the one that's going to do the work for like you have to heal it Right. And then you're going to be the beginning of being a guide for the rest of your lineage. So there may have been some issues in your um, in your bloodline to where these people can't show up for you. They need you to help them heal. Right. They're shit bags is what she's saying. <laughs> but um, you, they, they need your help rather than them coming down and having advice or insight for you. So um, I that that's pretty common, actually. A lot of the ancestral readings that I have done have been me telling people, okay, you need to heal this and then they'll be able to help you. I had to do that for my ancestors as well. Yeah. I had to heal a lot of um, um, like addiction stuff, uh, like hustle mentality, just different things that plagued us for so long. Um, I had to heal that before they could help me. So I don't know. Yeah. The way she, I love that perspective. The way she kind of said it was like, basically she felt like I was alien. Oh. Like she thought I was something like not of the human and not of the earth. And that was the first time I ever even heard about like galactic. And she's not super into the galactic. She she was like, "Mm, you ain't got no ancestors. And there is the exit. (laughs) Enjoy. Take care. I cried in my car. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever encountered, you ever done a reading for someone that didn't have ancestors? No. Well, here's the thing. I pick up on ancestors, guides, angels, all of that. So someone comes through typically. Oh, okay. So I don't really, or I'm never, oh my God, I hope this doesn't happen because it's, <laughs> I just feel me talking it up. But I haven't had an instance where there was absolutely nothing. If nothing else, it's going to be this person's higher self talking to me and we can have that conversation there. Yeah, I'm totally with the higher self, with angels, with other galactic yeah. beings here. I'm all the time. But just the whole like lineage ancestor thing. She was like, yeah, mm, yeah. got it. Nah. I have heard of that on t- like spiritual Twitter. I feel like I've heard people um, 
talk about ancestors, like people who just do specifically ancestral work, I yeah. think, say that um, people's ancestors haven't shown up. Because you only invite ones that don't suck, right? Yep. All honorable, baby. Yeah. So that might be. <laughs> she might have been like, you have zero honorable. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the exit. Maybe you, maybe you were in the void. Right? Well, yeah, witches go to the void. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But I also am like RH negative, which is like, to me, that just feels very like alien, kind of like what Jessa is. That's reptilian, though, just so you know. Fuck you. She keeps, I'm RH negative <laughs> as well. really, uh, do you know what your blood type is? Uh, nope. I, it's an O something. Did you have to get a shot after your son was born to make sure that your blood didn't attack a future pregnancy? I'm not sure. I had so much shit. Going I really on. resist point. it being reptilian. I'm just an alien witch dwarf. Jess <laughs> is like, Mm-mm. I wish I knew something like that. I don't. I don't really have anything like galactic, or I'm. I'm sure it'll come to me eventually, but I don't have anything like that. It's so cool to hear you guys talk about it. It's so cool to hear you talk about the Earth and ancestors. Really? Yeah, that's yeah. exactly how yeah. I feel. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And you're like radiating in beauty while you talk about Thank it. Thank you. I um want to talk a little bit about superpowers and the f- the first time you realized that you had them. Mm, shit. Do you want to start? No. <laughs> I'll, I'll start. Thank you. My first superpower. I think was um, I was a born again Christian and I we went to a church where and the thing I was attracted to in Christianity was supernatural. I'd been looking for supernatural stuff and um, I had a near not a near death. I had a supernatural experience with Jesus at a slaying in the spirit party. Um, and I, it could have just been the acid, but I got slain in the spirit. I had this supernatural experience on a day that I happened to be coming down off of acid, you know, acid in youth groups, um, <laughs> like you do when you're 15. And I just became the most intense Christian after that. But I was really chasing more of that powerful experience. I was really into the book of acts. I wanted to see this like miracles, right? And Christianity has a way of saying revival's on its way, whatever, revival's coming. And there was another church that was more into kind of the supernatural stuff. And my neighbor went to that church and I was dropping my daughter off. It's way too, five stories on the way to the story. I was dropping my daughter off (laughs) to get babysat by them. And they said this, our friend who's a prophetess is coming over. The church I went to would have never allowed that, you know, because women, um, the prophetess gets there as I'm leaving and she says, oh, you're the reason I'm supposed to be here. And I sit down and she says, I still, I wish I had it still written down, but she said that Psalms, I think it was Psalms 31 was manna for my calling. She said, you're going to be used in the end times with the gift of discernment. You're going to be able to cut through the crap. Everyone's going to be deceived by what's happening and you're going to be able to see straight through it. You're going to know the truth every time. She told me that I was going to have to get over um, my childhood, that she saw me sitting in sackcloth and putting ash on my head over my childhood. And she said, you're going to need to forgive uh, your childhood and understand that that's where your power comes from. She told me not to be afraid of my husband's weaknesses, which is interesting because he had just cheated on me, but I didn't know that yet. 
And then she told me that if uh, we could manage to stay together, I would I would um, figure out the key to marriage that would make relations that would like heal relationships. And I would travel the world preaching this. So whatever interdependence, maybe. But like um, anyway, so the gift of discernment thing, she said the cut through the crap. And then shortly after that, I had um, I did a, a, a youth prison ministry. I was already doing that and I was going to this youth prison and I um, had been doing that for a while and we just like read the Bible and everybody would talk. And then one day we're in here and someone's talking and I can just tell what they're really saying. And this is like 1995 and I can tell what she's really saying. And this is before I knew what projection was, what this was like, every, everyone was fully living behind the veil uh, or with the veil. And I was like, you think that you want that. And these are girls who have like done violent things or whatever to, to be in this place. And I'm like, you think that you want that, but it's because of what your mother told you. And, and I'm like in Christianity, we call that like speaking into their life. Right. And I, I, the more I did it, the more I was like, Everyone I looked at, I was like, oh, my God, I can see I can see now I would say I could see their trauma. I didn't know any of that language back then. And then it was like once that thing turned on, I would go to the grocery store and be like, she got molested by her dad. This person had this like I could just see it. I just knew it. And I did this. It like this prison ministry went from just like a thing that they did to not be bored on Tuesday nights to like everyone was coming to this thing so that I could do this. And it ends up getting back. And this thing that I was doing, this prison ministry I was doing, wasn't even affiliated with our church. It was some other thing I was doing. But it got back because I was on staff at that church. It got back to them and I got pulled into the office and they called that super spiritual. And then also it was a problem that my like husband wasn't um, doing it because it made me an uncovered woman, whatever. And something about that like turned it off because I had just found the gift and I didn't, you know what I mean? When you first start to tap into this shit, if you look at it or try to do it, I can do this sometimes now where I, if I tune into whether or not I sound, uh, whether or not the person thinks I'm correct or something, you know, ever tune in to whether or not this, re I can get thrown off by whether or not it's resonating with the person I'm talking to. And so I lost it for a long time until I died. And when I woke up, um, I woke up twice in the hospital bed. And the first time I woke up, I could, I could hear what the people standing next to the bed were thinking. And when I came back the second time, like that gift was just back. And then for, for months in alien school, part of it was them making me like write notes to people, aliens by them. Uh, write notes to people that had shit like that. Like, oh, the reason you can't wow. have the love that you want is because, like, tapping into that trauma. I love that. Wow. That was the first one. We'll get into subsequent ones after that. Who's next? Oh, gosh. Um, okay. Uh, how mine turned on was just through um, severe trauma. <laughs> I think <laughs> losing, oh, well, you know, when I was, when I was young, I could see all the things and I could hear, I could feel the people, um, always, I was just extremely empathic. I could feel the people, but my gift of being able to first see the ghosts, um, happened when my best friend transitioned and I, um, I don't know if I just 
needed to talk to her. So I started researching on how to speak to ghosts, but at the same time, synchronistically, um, I would be holding yoga sessions with people and transition. She, she passed away. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, I just, my best friend died. And, um, then I would be holding yoga sessions with people. And while they were sitting there practicing, something would come directly out of them. And it wasn't just one person telling me this, like people would tell me when I would hug them, they would like electrify and shift and change. And then very quickly, the ghost started to show up in my house. And then very quickly, my team and uh, started to just download a ton of information. Um, then I started to do Reiki sessions on people. And all of a sudden, when I was doing Reiki sessions on people, their energy centers um, would pop up out of their body and open up. And when they opened up, it took up. Uh, it took me out of my room, but it took up more space than the galaxy. Uh, and then all of a sudden I wasn't, we weren't there anymore. And we, I could close them back down and put them back in and I could pull the next one up and it just got expansive. It was almost like something in a movie. You could take a ball, pull it apart, and then the entire room changed. And in that room, you could see it was almost like filing systems of their timelines, their programs, their traumas. And then you just quickly download the stuff, put them back together. And then once you saw all the pieces of the puzzle, you could see um, programs that were not human. And then after a while, quickly after that, when I started to, I was like, maybe I can take these programs out. When I started to try and take programs out, things would show up that were not human and explain why that program was in there. And then they told me how entities got stuck onto them um, and that they would leave if the person wanted them to leave. And then we, then they taught me how to uh, get the person to release their entity. And that required a ton of shifting. And so it has been refining itself and fine tuning itself so now it's just happening very quickly. Now when I talk to people, we go into like a little trance. I put on their eyeballs. So I just remote view into them. Um, all of it's been over Zoom. Up until Corona, the this experience right now, I was not doing any sessions remotely. So I thought I needed the people there, like in front of me. So then when we started to do Zoom... There was one second in which I said, I don't know if I can do this. And my whole team was like, oh, it's go time. The second you say you can't do it, it will shut off. You have to choose right now. Are you all in? Are you out? And um, they're like, your doubt will immediately close this down. Are you in? And so I started having remote sessions with people. And I, I can do it by getting them to close their eyes and focus really hard. And I take them on this little journey. And so I just put their eyeballs on and I can see. And um, it's like when I put their eyeballs on, then I can feel. I can feel their their body. I can feel where the pain is manifesting and then I can follow the timeline. And then when I pull apart their energy centers, if there's an entity, most entities are very lovely. Because everything wants to be in the, the third dimension. To be in the third dimension, you actually have to be wearing this meat suit. I have run into, at this point, seven that are of... Um, just vampiric, demonic, horrifying, horrifying energies, horrifying energies that are literally here to make the human um, die. Um, Getting them off 
it takes a lot of bravery. Uh, they're very, very scary. They show up physically in my house. They will slam doors. They will, um, they will do anything and everything they can to scare me. Uh, cause if I get scared, then I, for one, I'm a food source, but also, uh, I'll stop. Right. And then my team, my team is like, um, no, there is, you are here. You're literally here for this mission. You are here to clear the humans. You're here to clear the humans. You have to heal the earth, clear the humans. I don't have, I don't know where it comes from. It is very, uh, I sat, I, every time I say it out loud, I feel crazy. Um, I'm extremely self-conscious about it. All I know is that it works. Every time I do it, the person that we have these sessions with is just like, what the frick was that? What was that? Um, we very poli- very polite. Her clientele <laughs> very polite. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So what um, in the gosh darn. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's it. And then I um I can't spir- I can't reprogram anyone to spiritually bypass anything, but I definitely can pull out old programming or programming that is of non self. Um, entities will literally construct uh, um, structures within the human to. Uh, whenever they are triggered in an emotional center to download their program that creates an energy that directly then feeds them and it's stored out here. So these energy, these entities actually don't live inside the person. They live in their, their six feet around them because that is your, our three etheric sheaths. It's not the auric levels. I get that a question a lot. It is not in your aura. It's very different. These are, um, these are where your body processes, stores and reprograms emotions where your chakras actually absorb them and communicate with them. Your chakras are off of your body. They are in the six feet around you and they govern the endocrine gland associated with it. So I work on removing the things that are um, outside of your body, but directly affect how your body functions, how you respond to emotions, how you choose your path, how you, um, how you're just programmed. I have to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We need a dictionary for the, uh... I I need to, someone has to tell me how to dumb this down. Yeah. I'll, well, I'll chop that up into Mm -hmm. some, into, into smaller bites for, um, we should have let Amy close. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's, it's crazy and it's scary and I'm all in. Um, um, so I work, wait, am I telling you about the suit when I decided I had superpowers? Yeah. Just your first experience with superpowers. Um, so I never feel, I didn't have an awakening process. So I feel like when I was little, I was like telling my brother, don't take my toy cause I'm a witch. And I'm going to put a spell on you. <laughs> I love <laughs> just kids yep. just awake from birth. I'm so jealous. And I remember um, like there was a lot of violence in my house. And when my mom and dad would fight, my brother was younger than me and disabled. So I would like go in his crib and hold him a lot. And I remember like I was very small and I would have to like climb up it. And it was like very hard to climb out. And I remember one time specifically the door being open, but me hearing them fight and I could connect to my anger as like a four-year-old and like feed off of their rage. Mm-hmm. And I remember just like feeling that rage and staring at the door and then like breathing into it and then the door slammed. Oh, yes. And 
I like, and my brother was always like, she can move things. <laughs> I mean, then he was an infant, but like that was just constantly. Like, uh, I had no idea that there were people around who didn't know they had superpowers. Um, and, but I remember around like nine or 10, it got to be way, way too much because like I had a friend group then. So I was like, yeah, you guys don't do this in your basements. <laughs> and I got like a Ouija board and I started bringing it to school and I would do readings for the girls in the bathroom at recess. <laughs> and then the power went out in the school. And all these little girls freaked out and told on me. <laughs> and and like because they just got scared and they're like, she brought this scary game. <laughs> and then my mom's like, you know, you're not supposed to like talk like that to people. <laughs> <laughs> and then so like um, my mom made me get rid of my Ouija board. Damn it. How? It was so fucking scary. That's like, I don't. So I had to become the shadow witch with the Ouija board because it brought in all like I, you know, I was born in the shadows. I was born around darkness and evil. And it was like very apparent from birth. So I was very familiar with the shadow and the evil. But once I had to get rid of the Ouija board, I don't talk about it. Okay. Because it will start showing up again. Okay. There's there's evil and good everywhere, and it's really what we feed, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, and and I see things a little differently. I see things as like the evil isn't necessarily outside of us; that the evil is us. And a lot of times, um, when I do readings, it's more like a co-creation together of what that person's going through. But I would say more often than not. When people are being spiritually attacked, it's an aspect of their darker selves or different parts of their own trauma that they have yet to integrate. But that's that's not really telling you anything yeah. about my reading yet. But Shit. yeah, um, the first time I realized I had superpowers or started noticing that I was doing different things was when um, I would have like traumatic moments, like I would. Um, like, my mom was really abusive, so if we got into a point to where uh, it was just a rough night, anybody who has an abusive parent knows sometimes they're just rough nights, and it seemed like there wasn't anyone I could talk to, no one understood me, no one spoke my language, no one was in my world, I was just here with this abusive person. Um, I would look out the window just for something to relate to, something, someone, like, please see me for who I am. And doing that and letting out these emotions would call in thunderstorms, and I would literally see them roll in. And um, that was the first sign of me having any type of superpower. I also remember around the age of like, uh, I want to say it was somewhere in between six and nine. I um, just woke up one day and I was downstairs in our kitchen and I was pouring salt on the floor, like from corner to corner. And I I was doing it like in, in my sleep and I just woke up and I was doing it. And my mom came downstairs. She was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And she was like, okay. And I thought that this was going to be another bad night, you know? And, um, but whenever 
it came to something spiritual or um, something higher than me, she never intervened. It's so weird. Mm -hmm. Like she would never um, get on to me for doing certain things that we couldn't explain or certain things that were um, spiritual. So that was a really, that was a moment that really sticks out to me. I also remember being in school and just being around a bunch of kids and thinking, I'm psychic. Like, I, I had no reason to think of it. I was like, I'm psychic. But then that quickly turned into, I don't have to fucking take this test. I'm yeah, psychic. Totally, yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm psychic. <laughs> Fuck you guys. I don't have to yeah. take this test. What? Ask me the question. I bet you I know the answer. It was just that type of feeling. And I, um, I just knew certain things, even when teachers would um, ask. Like, you know how sometimes a teacher is asking a question? But not necessarily for the student to answer. They're just kind of working it out in their mind. I would answer their questions. And they'd be like, how did you know that? Don't know. Just knew. I have no idea. Like, I just have a clear knowing of certain things. I don't know what yeah, it's about. and we couldn't say we knew. No. Like, it's just, don't know. But um, I would, I, I couldn't, I think this is a callback to that projector thing that I that I didn't know. I <laughs> We got two projectors and two manifesting <laughs> generators here. <laughs> but it's a callback to Ooh, the projector thing. All the projectors I know are earthy. earthy. Yeah? Sorry. No, yeah. it's okay. But I, I can't... Um, it's something about the door being open for me. When I'm invited in, then it's magical, right? Totally. If they want to know, then I can tell you anything if you want to know. Yeah. But if it's something that... Um, like if it's coming from a place of I'll show you I'm powerful, nah. No, it doesn't even work. It's not no, yep. it's not gonna work at all. But um if it's it feels like that invitation thing where they have to want to see it and they have to want to know. So yeah. Uh trauma seems to be a very obvious through line, right? <laughs> you have you have a theory on why uh we're all born into trauma? Nope. I'm still pretty bitter about it. Um, I think like a lot of people feel drawn to work with me who have been through trauma. And I see a lot of healers and galactic beings who come from trauma. And I feel like it's as if their higher self is like choosing a university. And they're like, what is the best way to teach me how to heal? Like for me, I feel like living with my mom taught me a lot about healing it taught me a lot about addiction it taught me a lot about sex work it talked taught me a lot about like abandonment and my brother's special needs and when it makes sense I'm like because sometimes I'm like okay higher self could we not have lived in like Manhattan <laughs> like <laughs> could we you know that, that might have been terrible <laughs> yeah um but it like makes sense given my personality that I would have chose like the most extreme path to get my lessons. And I feel like, I don't know, I don't like the word lesson, but I think it's just, it's, it's all connected to our divine purpose. Mm -hmm. And the trauma we go through is just teaching us about our purpose. Something I, um, that feels true for me, I identified as an Aquarius for a long time and Aquarius energies tend to raise themselves. They often have like parents who just can't be there for them. Um, 
And that made sense to me for because I also like hated authority, could not stand authority, uh, had a really hard time. I knew I was magic, but every attempt to be magic, I knew magic was real right when like Santa and the tooth fairy and this stuff starts coming out as not true. I'm like, okay, yeah, those all felt like bullshit. But uh, then it was like, and magic's not real. And I'm like, wait, what? so you're saying this is real? This thing, this this circle y'all walk in all day, that's real? And it just didn't click. And I was like, I'm going to find the magic. And I was like obsessed with like, this is before the internet. So my stepmom had some like time life books. And I read a thing about how to make yourself invisible, but you needed like a severed human head and some pinto beans or something. <laughs> and then like ESP and I would try to do it ESP, but I was like trying to do it with my conscious mind and that didn't work. Like I was hunting for the supernatural. Like I knew I belonged to the supernatural when I was a kid. I used to try to do like spells to make my hair longer and stuff and like <laughs> nothing ever worked. And so it was this very kind of lonely, like seeking, but I felt like having parents that just ha didn't have their shit together. Um, my dad had his shit together, but I lived with my mom and she was on drugs. It left me alone to my own devices. And so I got to have this kind of earth experience that kind of, um, even though there was a lot of trauma involved, I think the trauma is your first superpower, right? I used to say that getting molested, oh, actually, that was my first superpower. Because most people who were sexually abused as children, if a if a pervert comes within 100 yards of us, we're like, whoo, creep. You know, we can, like, feel it. And I used to say that was my first, like, that was my first supernatural ability. And then I've learned since that like hypervigilance is a trauma response of childhood. And my brain can like assess your, um, this is a, a, a pain in the ass, but it is also a superpower. Like, you know, I can read what's going on with everyone in the room just through the hypervigilance. Um, so I feel like also exposure to that darkness and that trauma makes it easier to get into other people's trauma and help them. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like disassociation has something to do with remote viewing. Like we like go somewhere else and like we can see other places. I feel like disassociation is such a superpower and people don't even realize what yeah. I, I feel like a lot of uh, mental health experiences I have linked to like manic I'm sure if I like listed the cycles that I go through, uh, a psychiatrist would be like, this is your, uh, your, you know, this is manic depression, but it's like the manic stuff is very like download energy for me. And then the depression is like assimilation, you know, I just had like a crazy memory jump into my head when Jessa was talking. And when I was little, like around eight or nine, something was going on in me in eight or nine, I was fucking obsessed about periods. Like I went through this like weird phase where I was like, okay, so women bleed. There's certain humans like you bleed out of your vagina. God, I wish I could hang out with child Lacey. Sounds so fucking cool. Uh, so I'm a witch. Don't touch my toys. Uh, <laughs> No, it was also sometimes scary just to speak to that. I would like tell my brother, I'm like, if you mess with that, 
you're gonna fall or something and then he would fall and then he like really we both learned really quick and i was like i'm so sorry (laughs) Um, okay go back to okay so i was obsessed with periods and i was like okay so if you don't have a baby and when i was always carrying around babies like babies were my thing and i was like okay so if you don't have a baby you just bleed (laughs) (laughs) and you don't die (laughs) this is fucking dope and so i had like all the girls in my neighborhood and i would just like started surveying the trailer park and i'm like so how old are you 12 did you start your period yet (laughs) and i didn't realize this was literally just preparing me for like women's health And I'll never forget um, one of my mom's friend's daughters started her period before me. And I was like, that bitch. <laughs> like, all I wanted was to start my period. I'm sorry, I'm very cussy tonight. I love it. Um, yeah. And, but like I was trying but then after she did I was like I got to like walk, help her because I had been doing serious research and I already had like maxi pads and stuff so I was like here you go and she's like my mom's gonna help me <laughs> but then I started like not too long after her and I was like we should definitely go back in the backyard and just bleed <laughs> which is literally blood ritual and now i get it and i like kind of forgot all about that i remember like thinking about it as a teenager and telling one of my boyfriends and he was like you're weird dog <laughs> like, that's weird but now i'm like oh it makes so much sense blood ritual part, part of the superpowers yeah well i can't top that story <laughs> so great i did get a little memory of something else that I did growing up. My mom is like afraid of water. Uh, she had a childhood trauma that kind of stuck with her and she's been afraid of water, but she decided to go on a cruise when I was, I think I was like, I don't know, 11 or 12 or something. And she was really afraid. And, um, I was like, it's okay. I'll make you a protective necklace. And she was like, okay. Wow. And nobody thought about it. And I had these beads and they looked like Nazar's. Um, they were black with little white circles and then another black circle in the middle. And, um, I just had these beads and I had them in my hand and I prayed on each bead as I put it on the necklace and I prayed on it and all that good stuff. And, um, I was like, here, wear this on your, um, journey and you'll be protected. And she was like, okay. And she did. Like she never pushed back on stuff like that's that. That's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have such protective energy. Mm-hmm. I do. I can't. Yeah. Like, like I have like, like. It's mama bear. Like my first uh, spirit animal was the bear. And I just can't mm-hmm. help. I'm like, these are my babies. These yeah. are my cubs. Come here. Let me hold you. Yeah, we were just talking about bears Uh-huh. Yeah, you your s- whole essence feels protective to me. Like I yeah. feel like if you were just like in a certain part of the world, you would bring more protection to it. Yeah. You saved me from the frog. That's for sure. <laughs> I definitely did. I grabbed her <laughs> arm and I was moment. like, it is okay. <laughs> it was a big moment. <laughs> it is okay. It was yeah. a big moment. Um, it's something about... I have a lot of anger and I guess like my anger would be one of my superpowers too. And it was the first thing, like looking back, it was the first thing that got me out of a lot of like traumatic situations, getting angry. But it's something that I don't really um, have reins on, you know, once it's out, it's out. But one thing that um, I can typically let 
people do their own thing when it comes to me, if someone hurts me. But when it comes to other people, it's straight up like I just see myself like grabbing your arm like I did, but like having a machete in Mm -hmm. the other, like ready to chop some shit down. Like, and that's just the energy of it when it comes to other people. But for me, I'm like, "Ah, I'm strong enough. I can take it. Yeah, go ahead. Whatever. I don't know. I love it. Um, that brings me to my next, I'm trying to decide. I want to talk about, um, your perception around ascension. And then I want to talk about shadow stuff. So let's, uh, let's do shadow stuff since you were just talking about that relationship with your darkness. Oh man. I feel like that's where I found a lot of my power. Honestly. Um, I think that the light comes so easy to us. Like the first step, and I know you want to kind of separate it, but shadow goes into ascension for me. Um, The first step to ascension that I've seen in a lot of people is this liberation, right? Where they have had all of these, all of the dense programmings and uh, ideas and um, like constructs kind of fall away from them. And they're just rocket it to the sky and they're just light as they could be they they get a taste of what it is like to be free right but to integrate it you have to do the shadow work like it bumps up against something that's why it's not there forever and to get it back you have to see what it bumps up and up against oh my god sorry but um So for me, shadow work is just really looking at the things that you usually would say, uh, not today. Like, I don't feel like my mood being ruined. I don't feel like getting angry today. I don't feel like being triggered. And it's a lot of stuff that we put away like subconsciously that we just don't want to deal with. But that's the very thing that'll keep you stuck where you are. So um, I think that shadow work is immensely important. I think that there is value in everyone's shadow. There's a reason for it. You can't have your light without your shadow. So you may as well tend to it. You know, shadow doesn't mean, doesn't mean evil. It's just a part of you that you might not tend to that much. I feel like um, our power, when we are fully integrated beings, higher dimensional beings, we are light and dark and when and the problem is not in the dark it's in the fact that we have like we don't identify with this aspect of ourselves so then it gets to play our enemy and that's i think the thing that when lacy said that people think they're being psychically attacked and by the end of the reading they realize that it is their own shadow because you're not acknowledging it and i get shit for making fun of love and light and when i make i'm not making fun of love and light the desire for love and light but when you only identify with love and light and you try to throw love and light platitudes at shit that is your own shadow like the shadow is i don't know if you've ever walked around and tried to ditch your shadow but it's literally it's a part of you it's coming from you and when you when you i want to say disassociate but when you when you like refuse to acknowledge that piece of you it wreaks havoc on your life so it 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 pulls um connections and scenarios and stories and loops over and over and over again trying to wake you up to the fact that it is you and usually once you stop and say 
I cannot express how humiliating three years ago the idea of someone finding out that I am clingy. I like or that I cry, like literally crying in front of someone, the shame that I would feel around that. And I couldn't even acknowledge it. Like that seems so innocuous now. But that's because I like I am constantly bringing that thing out into the light. But if I started to cry in front of a per- like anyone, I wanted to like crawl out of my skin. It usually wouldn't happen. I would like create a diversion and run away. For a long time, I couldn't feel the feelings because it was like I couldn't fathom someone seeing me crying. It was so humiliating to have someone know. Like the PR campaign I was constantly running about how I didn't care what anyone thought and I don't, I don't, I don't need anybody and I don't need love and I don't need relationships and all this internalized misogyny and stuff. It was all this stuff was very, these were things that I did want, that I did need. I did need to cry. I did have feelings. I just couldn't experience them because I didn't, I didn't, um, identify with that shadow at all and so as this thing came forward I got to be a fully integrated being but the darker pieces of the shadow are like what protect me it's like what that that's like where my power is the problem is not in the light or the dark the problem is in the fact that we believe those two things to be something separate that is the programming that is the problem we are not going to become you know, we say a lot of things about light workers, light beings. Yeah. I mean, if you put light and dark together, uh, you know, in a room, light is the thing that you see, but when you're fully integrated with these things and you're okay, and it's crazy how shadow work becomes, I don't want to say addicting, but once you have, uh, once I figured out that like, oh, if I just admit the thing that I'm afraid of, and when I catch myself when I'm being defensive or whatever, I'm like, what are, you be- what are you being defensive of? What are you afraid of? And sometimes it's, I did something wrong. I made a mistake. And then, uh, you know, in unconsciousness, I would be like, uh, like, so afraid of people finding out that I made a mistake. And now there's such freedom in being like, I fucked up. I fucked up Mm -hmm. or I'm this thing or I was being inconsiderate or I am actually this or I'm being motivated by this. Uh, Like learning to just acknowledge when I have a dog in the fight was huge for me where it's like, hey, I'm emotionally attached to this outcome. So like I'm probably biased in this thing that I'm trying to convince you to stay here, Lacey. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Lacey's like, I think I want to leave. And I was like, I think you just need to heal. But um, (laughs) the aliens did say that you would be healing when you got here. But in, in, in all fairness, they didn't they didn't put a timestamp on that. But um, I think there's so much power in an integrated shadow. It's exactly where I got my power. Hold on, Lacey's dwarfing. Do you need something? Thank you. I just really needed water for a second, but I am dwarfing because I'm just like There's digging. There's a bottle right there. My oh, blue I'm bottle. Sorry. Thank you. What? Um, what are you reaching for? Oh. When um, Lacey, I call it dwarfing. It's this energy that she doesn't even have to say anything, but her energy is going, hey, um, hey, unfortunately, hey. it's not the sexy elf coming out of me. It's the awkward <laughs> metal working <laughs> dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> would really like to get if anyone if there's a truth in my body that needs to come out it like bumbles around <laughs> like or if i like right then i'm just so vibing with whatever everything jessa was saying i was like yeah that's my bitch Ooh, yeah go girl <laughs> so like my body couldn't hold it in but then also if someone's like not telling the truth i'm like <laughs> I, can't, I can't take it uh like yeah and yeah um do you want to talk about shadow work first i just think that it's exactly where i got my power all the things i was ever afraid of when i was young i was afraid of how people saw me um when i was young and even today when you were talking to me you're like you have a lot of anger i was afraid of ever expressing anger um the second my dharma or my purpose is exactly the things I was afraid of. And so the second I leaned into my shadow was the second that I actually became who I was always meant to be. I do not fit in with other people. People are going to think I'm weird. And my anger is because I go after the things that are ruining the lives of the humans. And now it is just... The shadow work is the freeing work for me. Yeah, that's beautiful. So I love the shadow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I do readings, I channel the energetic body. And so I don't know if it's the same as what you do because it's just something I've been doing since I was little and I have zero education and very little verbiage around it. Um. But I channel the energy field around the body. And sometimes when I channel, it's us having a telepathic conversation, our higher selves, me and whoever who's like consented to do the reading. And what will come up in the energy field is physical ailments, is emotions, traumas, and the whole purpose of, and sometimes other people's energy that latch onto our energy field will show up in people's energy field. And the whole point of doing this channeling is to find people's blocks. Mm -hmm. Because where you find a block, a wound, you also find a power. So like everything Jessa was just saying, she was like her shadow. And I say block, but that's kind of like a shadow. Jessa was saying like her shadow was emotion, right? She couldn't even show emotion. It was a huge block for her. And wherever you find a person's block, that is their motherfucking superpower. So Jessa's was like, oh, I can't like cry. And then she found her emotion. And now she literally hosts a vulnerable podcast where she has to be 100% authentic and show her emotions. She does readings every day where she's helping other people with their emotions and she encourages people to feel what they're actually feeling. Mm -hmm. So it it started off as like a block or a shadow, but then it's like it's what like her purpose, what makes her shine mm -hmm. is her emotion now. And I feel like that's any any shadow is yep. part of our power, no matter how dark we think it is. Yep. So that's that's her uh that's her superpower. So everything is multi-layered. So every shadow you get to is like there's layers in it. So the first layer is like the wound. Once you heal the wound, you can use it as your superpower. And there's like a quote-unquote darkness to your superpower and a light. So 
I think Jessa can also, like, for her own protection, probably tap into her darkness and use her emotion as her power and use other people's emotion if she needs to protect something. So, so I feel like our shadow can be our the darkness too, and it's all part of our personal power, and nothing is really our external enemy. Yeah, I also don't think you can manifest until you do shadow work. Yeah, because I think manifesting is all feeling, right? And so I feel the blocks through my own body. And if you're hiding a shadow, there's a block somewhere in your body. Like if the liver shows up, it's anger. Jaws often anger. Um, I have to tell you guys something funny, though, or that I think is funny that I'm really learning through my readings is, you know, like sayings, like if you get cold feet, Mm-hmm. It means you're like, can't commit or you back out of things. Mm-hmm. If I'm talking to someone who has an issue with commitment, it's like part of their shadow. My feet will freeze. <gasps> That's cool. And I'm like, oh, so you're like getting cold feet. That's cool. And I'm like a poet. So I use like language as my oracle cards too. Mm-hmm. Like I use it with my body. And then with the elbows show up, I'm like, oh, elbow, you're overextended. You're overextended. Mm. You probably have a vampire vampire in your life. You're just like giving too Mm. much, too many pots going. And this is the funny one. (laughs) So lately I've been doing readings. I don't know what's the energy. I guess it's summer. It's summer. That's the energy. So I've been doing these readings and like my lips start sticking together and my mouth gets really dry. And I'm like, oh, you're thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) And then I like walk them through it. I'm like, uh, and it's like come up so much lately and i'm like oh like you're thirsty like and then well and our blocks will show up as physical ailments too so i'm like okay so you're probably not like absorbing your water really well and we can like work on it by alkalizing it this way but there you're also like and i just ask because all of this is like asking questions to see how they're doing because everyone is their own guide everyone has the roadmap so i just like asking like do you feel like you're getting all the love you need right now or do you feel like a little thirsty <laughs> i'm like do you know what a thirst trap is i was like so there's some there's like some truth to that and it shows up in our bodies um if the cold feet thing just blew my fucking mind because as we know from last week's episode of the podcast uh, the big the big reveal at the end of my twin flame thing was that i have uh, a fear of commitment wow um or intimacy which is commitment right it's commit uh committing to uh closeness so i my feet get so cold that i have to take hot like scalding hot baths to warm them back up and like in the in the in the winter it's really bad if once my feet get cold i have to at least run my feet under hot water yeah, to like get wanted, feelings back in i them. like wanted to tell you when i moved in but i'm like a projector and i will not read my friend's energy like i just unless they come to me and like really ask i just i'm not like hey so you have some problems with commitment <laughs> you're like <laughs> i'm trying to take a bath <laughs> You just call me out, God. Yeah, I would never do that or even think about it. Really, what's happening to my joints? Am I supposed to smoke pot? Get it, joint? Okay, sorry. We'll cut that out. <laughs> I'll see myself out. No, it's really hilarious. I'm trying to think of more. Like, if you get like a a certain 
not all pain in the necks, but like a certain pain in the neck right here. And it's on the left or the right. I'm like, oh, is your dad a pain in the neck? I'm sh-. And they're like, and it always gets people to really laugh too. Because like all these fucking saints being pissed off. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a kid who's wetting the bed, they have repressed anger. And like they can't get it out. And that's where the term pissed off comes from. So, like, our language is part of our magic. Pissed off, thirsty, cold feet. Have I told the story about peeing myself um, for <laughs> a year and a half straight on this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to turn Mark on right now. Um, <laughs> that Wait, that came out wrong. <laughs> I was just saying that I'm going to tell a gross story, but I just made Mark sound like uh, one of those pee guys. <laughs> Have you, have you peed on him? You can I mean, tell us. It's a no, safe space. I mean, not on purpose. <laughs> have I told it on the podcast? I think we did it on a Patreon episode. Okay. So here's what happened. Around, uh, during this, when I very first started having sex with my twin flame, and it was the same year I turned 40, I started having what I thought was pelvic floor issues. I just started, like, just peeing enough that... um it wasn't like I needed to change afterwards, but it was just enough to be, you know, not great. <laughs> and, but I'm, I was 40 and I'd had three gigantic children. My, my kids were two, uh, 10 pounds and nine pounds each. So like, I'm like, okay, well, it's just the pelvic floor has finally <laughs> surrendered, you know? And so I just like lived with it. And by lived with it, I mean shoved paper towels in my underwear. I don't know what else the fuck you're <laughs> supposed to do. Fantastic. Um... So a year and a half goes by and I'm making pretty regular jokes about it. And I just think that this is because this is what women over 40 like joke about this. I'm just assuming there's Mm -hmm. so many things that happen that end up being something else that I just wrote off to like, I don't know, is this what being old is? And so I cracked a joke at the end of the twin flame thing in on a Patreon live about uh, some of you have maps to the new world. And then I said, hopefully... Um, some of you had new medicine and hopefully someone has the medicine that stops me from peeing myself and someone on the Patreon works in a urologist's office and she said, uh, I can explain it to you. And so we got on the phone and there's two different things. There's your pelvic floor quitting, which is where it can't hold up the, uh, the bladder anymore. But I described my symptoms and she said, that's actually overactive bladder. And what that is is that the nerve, the sacral nerve, um, short circuits and it sends a signal telling your bladder to pee. She's like, sometimes do you think you have to go and then you don't have to go? And that, that started at the exact same time where I would be like, okay, I guess I don't have to go to the bathroom. And so, um, the state, when she said the sacral nerve, she said, so it's it's like an electrical issue. And then I was like, okay, cool. How do I get that fixed? And she's like, well, it's like $45,000, but they can put a machine inside of you that regulates that nerve, but it has a fucking lithium battery in it. Because she was like, well, you got the one for $20,000, like any other one's $45,000. You should get insurance first. And I'm like, uh, terror, like comedy doesn't actually come with uh, sick insurance. And so... Anyway, I was like, well, sacral nerve, though, is the sacral chakra, correct? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, an electrical problem is a is a chakra problem, right? And she was like, yeah, actually, yeah. 
Um, and so I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to try binaural beats for now. And so I started listening to binaural beats and it almost, um, immediately fixed it. I guess I wasn't completely out of, I was still interacting with the twin flame. So the binaural beats improved it. I would just play them at night, sacral ones at night while I was sleeping. And so that regulates the frequency or something. Mm -hmm. Right. And, but then I started to notice that it was when, um, oh, then I talked to, uh, Tess and she does energy work as well. And she said, oh, yeah, well, the bladder is connected to feel. I think it was Tess. I hope it was Tess. Um, the bladder is connected to feelings of security. And that's why children wet the bed. Uh, um, you know, it's connected to fe the inner child feeling secure. And she said, so if your inner child is feeling unsafe, that would trigger that short circuiting in the sacral. And then I was like, oh, Okay. So this is when I first started having sex. Um, and I didn't feel secure right in this, in this connection. Cause it was a twin flame connection. They're not made to make you feel secure. And so, and then I realized that it kicked in at the same time as my attachment shit kicked in. And then I was like, Oh, wait a second. Um, when I would get activated is when it would happen. And I could then once I knew, to tune into it as an electrical thing, I swear to God, I could feel it going like, bzz, 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 bzz. and that's really like, it wasn't like a ton of pee, but it was just, you know, it was like, uh, what I thought was dripping. Sorry, this is gross. I thought was dripping was actually, it was a glitching of, um, that electrical system. And I could feel it as a glitching electrical system. And it was happening whenever I got triggered. And so I kept using the binaural beats, but then as I got out of that connection, it went away completely. And then when I first met Mark and was trying to do the on-ramp, it came back and, and I could, I like, I could feel it. I would get activated and then it would be an issue for the rest of that day. And then once I dealt with the activation, it would go away. And then now I'm at like two months that it hasn't, maybe it's happened once, but I'm almost completely symptom free because I'm not activated. That's how fucking crazy this body stuff mm -hmm. is. But like you go to the doctor, I would have a fucking yep. lithium battery inside my body right now if I <laughs> yeah. had health insurance. Yeah. And everyone is layered so deep and it's always like unique to the individual. So like when I say it's like the elbows or the cold feet thing, it's like that's like when you pick a tarot card. Right. And then you're like, okay, now let's go deeper into like what this means for you specifically. Yeah. yeah. I think it's different things for... Um, what and that's also kind of an oracle for you, right? Yeah. You're using the body for an oracle. Yeah, yeah. But I like my first thought was like, oh, it's fear. Like when you first start talking, like fear, and then anything with the sacral is connected to creation. So fear about what you're creating, and then we'd go deeper into you, and it's like fear of what you've you're creating. So like a relationship, or if you've created something with that person, like fear around it and losing it. And it makes sense that in what you're creating now and with Mark, there's not that fear. Can I add to that? Yeah. It's so interesting because I don't know how many times I say it when I come over here, but I ha when I come here, I have to pee at least five times. And I always say, guys, I'm sorry, I have a nervous bladder. I don't know what's going on. And it's interesting that you um, equated it to your attachment style because – you guys, I don't know what it is. I think it's just a different energy that I'm used to. But you guys really trigger me 
um, not in a bad way, but in a way of like getting my attachment stuff together because I'm not dating. Like I don't date. So there's really no way for me to exercise this attachment muscle or work on this style. And being around people who have thoroughly worked through it, you guys are kind of serving as a mirror for me and my attachment style. So I don't mean that you guys trigger me in a bad way, but it's just up, it's bringing up these things for me to work on. And it's so interesting that you say that when the inner child um, is having an issue, it can spark this glitch. And um, I was just telling Amy, like, my bladder is a divination tool. I can feel when energy is building <laughs> oh, up. Mm-hmm. Like, I can feel when it's building up and then I have to go pee. Like, I, I just have to go pee. I don't know. Uh, so it's just interesting to hear that yeah. side of it. I never thought of it that this way. This house is a vortex, though, so it's just activating your divination tool. Even yeah. More. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, you said we, like, work on our stuff thoroughly. I cry every week. (laughs) I cry every week and tell them I'm leaving. And they all are like, we love you, Lacey. (laughs) You're healing. Like, in a very kind way. But, like, there's nothing uh, complete or thorough about what we're doing. We're all working on it constantly here, too. Um, This is really hard for me because I'm a projector. Um, I invite you. (laughs) To read your energy a little. Um, so like everything you're saying resonates, um, but I think I'm really hell bent on the sacral being connected to creation. And, um, I think every time you come here, it's you create and your life changes a little more. And I think you're here to be a divine creator. And I think when you step on this property, you make podcasts, you make videos, you're really vulnerable in that. And it's changing your world really fast. And you're actually changing lives by the creations you're making. And that's all the sacral. You didn't have to peel off. (laughs) I felt that. (laughs) Um, You didn't have to peel off until Jessa said we were all going to do a podcast. And then you were like, okay, yeah, I'm cool. I'm cool. And then I was like, okay, now we're going down to the studio. And you're like, gotta be. Like you literally even asked if there was a bathroom in the studio. And that's not about our relationships. That's And not saying that that is an aspect. I want to like honor your truth in that uh, because everything's layered. But I think it's because you're such a fucking amazing goddess. Mm -hmm. And you know that every time you create... You're going to have more followers, more people to work with, love. And it's a lot. You're right. It's a lot. I'm not used to it. I'm not used to, um, I don't know, I guess like perception. I don't know. I'm not used to being seen and especially being seen for who I am. It's very new. Mm -hmm. It's very new. So um, I'm uh, in the process of being fucking terrified but doing it anyway and i'm yeah. glad it's working out that's all i can really say um i just almost cried <laughs> yeah that was really beautiful <laughs> i felt Thank that way you. off of her just, <laughs> just, yeah it was really beautiful Thank you. on both of your parts. Thank you i know that that stopped oh my gosh <laughs> no it's so real yeah it's so real it's wild how we can see the gods in each other yeah. you know yeah um, you deserve it. Thank you. Yeah. I want to go uh, celebrate 
um, the eclipse, <laughs> the <laughs> eclipse happened while we were doing this. Mm. So I want to close with, uh, cause we are four, uh, magic women. I feel <laughs> saying that, but like four, um, healers, I don't know what the fuck who came out of the, the, the woo closet this year. Would you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we are actually, um, my anniversary is this week, I think. Oh. Yeah, this is the one year anniversary of, this is the last episode of season three, um, oh, commemorating so the uh, year since I made the decision, I think, to switch. I have to look, but I think Alien School came out on like the 6th of July. So, um, I want to go around and we'll close on this. The what it, what it has been like to um, to come out of the woo closet. Who wants to go first? I'll go last. It has been um, the most beautiful and terrifying experience ever, and literally the first time. Besides having my son, literally the first time. I've ever felt like I belonged on earth. Oh. Yeah. I don't work at the strip club anymore, guys. I'm so grateful. I always knew this was going to happen in a way, but then at the same time, it's like every day I kind of doubted it, and it's so hard not to just like... (gasps) grip it you know because I also like want to run away from it at times because I'm so because it's just so beautiful it's so good and I'm so grateful for the people I've got to talk with I'm so grateful for Jessa Mm -hmm. and I feel like I need to clarify something is it's so hard to say this word Uh (laughs) reptilian (laughs) (laughs) I feel like at the beginning of this episode she was like so you're like reptilian Lacey I was like fuck you (laughs) that was very uh, reptilian (laughs) Um, but Jess is showing me that you can have that reptilian energy and um and still hold such a gracious presence and be so giving and create an atmosphere amongst women Mm -hmm. that is so supportive of each other, Mm -hmm. an atmosphere Mm -hmm. amongst queers that is so supportive of each other, poor people. I almost said rich people, but (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about that part. I mean, um, Kanye's rich. I love Kanye. <laughs> I was going to say, if anyone's wondering why why Lacey's energy is gigantic in this, uh, Kanye just announced that he's running for president, which means now I got to register to vote. Boom. With Elon Musk. Um, and it's because we have two manifesting generators. Uh-huh. Um, I'm just thankful. Yeah. Um, it has literally been two months. <laughs> so I'm not, you know... I'm just trying to keep up at this point, but it feels like I have um, died a million times to experience this and it feels good to be authentic and heard and seen and Mm -hmm. understood. I haven't felt that um, 
I felt that for two months of my life and it feels really good. So yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. And I was really hard at myself at the beginning. I was like, I have to do all these readings and I have to keep up. I have to keep up. I have to keep up. Is that kind of what you mean by keeping up? Um, not with readings, but with everything I'm building as yeah. far as trying to create content, trying to make sure people who don't have money actually get these general readings and um, trying to make sure I'm still being a good and present mom, you know, and trying to make sure I'm balancing uh, my human experiences and the things that I want to do and the work that I have to do to continue to ascend. I don't think we talked about ascension, but um, do the work that I feel like I need to do to keep ascending. Um, It's just balancing it all. Um, and it feels kind of, I feel the pressure of, um, like if I don't balance it, then it can come crumbling down and Absolutely. I'm, and yeah. I don't know if that is like a fear thing or an actual truthful thing, but it's I'm just trying to, truth. I'm trying to just keep the balance of helping others, helping myself and not taking it so seriously, I guess, not feeling like it's life or death. Yeah. Something I think that's cool in that is this is the first time I felt like a community, like you can really lean on this community, like yeah. real magic and not just this community, not just like our soberish cult. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's the cult word. <laughs> it's not really a cult. I don't know. Um, but like real magic people, like, I don't know. I just want to say like. They lift I, people up. Yeah. 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 They lift each other up. Yeah. yeah. People who, like, I was so hard on myself about the readings, and then the people I've gotten readings from are like, they'll text me ahead of time sometimes and be like, how's your energy, Lacey? Do you need 15 more minutes? Oh, my <laughs> God. I love it. It's just because, like, they, like, they get energy. Yeah. And, and magic people will be drawn to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank Jessa. You. Thank, thank you for, Jessa. like, yeah, thank you for thank seeing you, the oh, beauty yeah. in mm-hmm. us. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh-huh. And also, I want to say, like, I'm really thankful for Mark. And the beautiful energy he holds in yes. this space. Yep. Thank you, Mark. And um, <laughs> he will. He's like giving me a weird look in the corner. Um, also great with compliments. <laughs> but like we're in gorgeous land right now that Mark takes care of. And I just he's so nice and he's mm-hmm. here to support us all. And mm-hmm. I'm just really thankful for the yeah. divine masculine and Nate, who's also here. <laughs> I just shout out Nate. <laughs> um, for me, it's been uh, when I first woke up, I didn't shut the fuck up about the tribe. I did call myself a tribe leader all the time. I understand now why I needed 20 years. I'm always like, why did I have to wait 20 years? And then I think about what would have happened if I was allowed to assume this role at 23. I would have been like, everyone quit your psych meds, okay? Quit your psych meds. Oh, no. We're going off the grid. Stop paying your taxes. Not that I'm real far from the stop paying your taxes, but... um, My six-year-old self would have loved your Dude, the the tribe would have been pretty fun back then. But um, I knew from dream school is what I called it before Tim Dillon renamed it. Um, I knew about this tribe. And there's a lot of funny when I think back to me thinking, is this the tribe? Is this the tribe? I remember like categorizing tweakers and just being like, you're an image setter. And they're like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) 
<laughs> Can you hand me the blowtorch? You know? <laughs> and I had this pride to be part of this tribe. And I, I was like, I did constantly, I would introduce myself as like, my name is Jeff. I'm your tribe leader. I did. I did. I really, really vibed with the leader part of it back then. Um, I didn't think I was anyone's boss, but I was like, I am here to gather you guys. People kept me so high. Cause this shit was very entertaining, but I, I, I had so much pride around this tribe of people and i tribe i like so much more than cult but um i uh as years went on in 2012 i thought that was the ascension like we we had this tiny ascension i was like well this is uh y'all definitely oversold it you know what i mean um and life was it was cool to live in reality and have superpowers and it was lonely but it's not like i was thinking about how it was lonely you know i know how to like be at the vibe that i'm at and then when i started ascending again in 2017 i didn't know that's what was happening for a while and then i was very swept up in the in the a lot of me like getting aligned with soberish was happening without me realizing what was happening and i didn't really notice the like like I didn't get suspicious of the uptick in the alien um, like communication and stuff just because they had like shown up and, and you know, the connection had ebbs and flows over the years. But anyway, um, I didn't know this time last year that this is what was lining up for me. And, uh, it was, it was maybe this week last year that I was having the shit or get off. I was, wa I was curbing in a parking lot and they were like, um, shit or get off the pot. Yep. Like it's time to go to work now. And you're going to have to come out publicly as someone who is all the time like this. And I, had no idea what was in store for me. I just thought, okay, cool. Everyone thinks going to think I'm crazy. Like I was just, I was afraid of it. And that's like, I, I thought like, well, then you should have had me do it 20 years ago, but I've like established myself as someone who's not batshit fucking crazy now. And, um, I mean, that's, I've established myself as a respectable <laughs> piss drinking part of society. <laughs> um real low bar already set for myself <laughs> what happened as the result of that is uh a career um and uh you know a the the like makes sense and is specific to me um the community i can't even express how life-changing the community around this podcast has been for me yeah. the tribe that I was so proud of 20 years before I met any of you um I I it, like besides the fact that it's like validating and not that I thought I was wrong but like to get to see the thing to get to see the thing from my dreams and watch it start to unfold but to have the, these energies around me that like I remember I remember you guys mm -hmm. and to have people who speak my language that I uh, get to be in a Facebook group with sometimes when I don't have to deactivate my um, <laughs> Facebook account and we get to have conversations speaking the same language and like I found love 
with someone who fucking understands what I'm saying. And I like, I just am like home here for the first time in my entire life. And I'm doing work that I love and I'm watching society collapse. Like I said, it was going to fucking collapse and I'm watching monsters who have been in control losing their control and it's just this magical experience for me that like i'm the happiest i've ever been and i if if it all went away tomorrow and if i died tomorrow like i like this year has been the best year of my life i think and um i i uh i feel like i came home and um, I can't believe I got through that without crying. Uh, so I'm not going to push my luck. But thank you all so much for sharing um, the first year of Soberish thank for you. me. And um, in you. particular, yeah, love I'm, you. I'm really grateful to have met all of you again. Um, so uh, we will see you guys next week for... Actually, no, wait. Um, next week is the beginning of season four. But real quick, uh, where can everyone find you? And um, just a brief description of um, the services that you offer. Um, you can find me at LaceyFree.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at LaceyIsFree. I do holographic healing sessions where we go deep into the shadow and do healing around trauma and timeline jumping. And I do sex readings. I and I do just like energy field readings. Yeah, I am found on Instagram as a laughing spice. I laughed this whole podcast. A laughing spice. Uh, my website is Vera Shanti. V i r a s h a n t i. I do uh, Meridian energetic work. I do entity removal, Reiki. Um, I teach uh, awesome pranayamas and meditation. Um, yeah, just check it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me at 11th and Delphi on Instagram, 11th and Delphi.com. And on 11th and Delphi, you'll find uh, like sage and different metaphysical products, different spells like that. Um, I do ancestral readings, and during these readings, I contact your ancestors, spirit guides, all that good stuff, and we work through um, what you need to be implementing. Like, it's a lot of, it's like a delegation reading. So come to me if you need work, but you can't figure out what that work is. Um, I also offer root workings. Um, before you buy anything, schedule a consultation so we can get a clear understanding of what an actual root working is. All right. Oh, sorry, um, forgot YouTube, 11th and Delphi YouTube. They are also general readings for the arsenal um, healers, oracles, and image setters there. I love it. Um, you can find me at Jessa Reed Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. I have a Patreon where you can buy content. Um, <laughs> two bonus episodes at the $5 tier, at the $10 tier. Um, Energy updates at the $20 tier live videos where we will be talking about the previous week's episode uh, most of the time, unless the, the previous week's episode doesn't have much to talk about. Um, and I'm not – I'm doing readings sometimes. I'll announce on social media or I will open them up at 10 a.m. Pacific if I am doing 
them. I say my work is mostly like if you have knots that you need to untie. So you're trying to figure out why you're looping on something, anything to do with codependency, attachment stuff, addiction, um, just uh, uh, needing to find your way out of a tied knot. I I untie the knots. Um, I think that's it. I also think you're an activator. Yeah, if you want to get activated. Mm-hmm. If you want your bladder activated. You just, you you activate people. I just have to say something so Oop. I can sleep tonight. Uh, I said my <laughs> six-year-old self would really like to hang out with your 23-year-old self. And I just want to acknowledge I'm really bad at math. And I am not that young and you are not that old. So just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> Thank you. Way <laughs> overestimating my ability to do math. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, we'll see you guys next week for season four. Happy full moon. Happy eclipse. Hey guys, welcome to Soberish. This is about to be balls out woo. (laughs) You better like it. I'm just trying to see how long I can make you guys sit there quiet. (laughs) I don't. I feel like we just jumped straight into the woo and didn't. um, No, no introduction whatsoever. No introduction. Okay. Here is the magic. Are you here for it or no? There you go. I'm just going to name it Balls Out Woo. Yeah. I get it. At this point, Balls what? Out Woo with the crew. No. All right. Hot damn. I Jesus like dad joke tonight. Like <laughs> 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 you're saving me for myself. Oh my gosh. That was good, guys.